Hey, Guardians. Did you know that less than 10% of the entire player base for Destiny 2 has completed at least one raid? Does that statistic bother you? Man, it sure bothers me. Bungie spends millions of dollars every year in talent, creating the most beautiful raid and dungeon encounters in the game. Entirely new worlds that are amazing, yet only a tenth of us engage with it. That's just so sad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shaming players out there, but more sad because they don't know what they're missing that just takes this game to the next level. Whether you are mainly a PvP or PvE player that hasn't tried a raid or dungeon, man, you should really try one out. So in today's episode, I invited some friends of mine to discuss why don't players engage in raids? What awesome rewards are they missing out on? We discuss things like LFG systems, how to prepare for a raid, and give some tips and tricks to help you perform better in raiding. Finally, we talk about our raid experiences and hope that this episode will give you the confidence and curiosity to jump in and enjoy this activity in Destiny 2. So let's roll. Have you ever wanted to jump into Destiny 2 but don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a current Destiny 2 Guardian, but are hesitant to jump into a dungeon, raid, or play Gambit, Strikes, or Crucible. And for you established Guardians out there, maybe you ask yourself, you know, I want to try something new in the game, but I'm hesitant due to the sharp learning curve or just need a roadmap. This is the Destiny Help Desk Podcast, where myself and good friends of mine dive deep into the various topics of the game Destiny 2 and give you some great advice in whatever aspect of the game you want to improve. I'm your host, Todd DeGator, with a combined 9,000 hours of game time in Destiny and Destiny 2. So yeah, you can say I'm a true fan of the game. And I invite you to also check out my YouTube channel, where there's a playlist of new and returning Guardian help videos available to guide you on your way. You can follow me on Twitter X at Todd DeGator. And if you haven't already, join our Discord community at discord.gg forward slash guardian downcast. That's my other podcast where I hear the stories of our destiny guardians and share the latest news about the game. So without further ado, on with the show. Hey, what's up guardians. I wanted to introduce you to my two friends on the show today. The first is one of the hosts of the guardian hub podcast where they discuss all things in destiny. It's Mr. Kingsley Mack. Kingsley has 917 raid clears and counting, including 570 Sherpas and just Destiny 2 alone. He has a Guardian Hub Discord community as well, and I'll post the links to him and the podcast down in the show description below if you want to see what that's all about. He's known in our Owl Sector Alliance of Discords as the man who loves to help new Guardians discover raiding. So when I reached out to him, he was more than happy to share his advice and knowledge. In addition, one of his community ambassadors and podcast guest co-host, Kato, will be joining us as well. He started playing Destiny 2 in the Deepstone Crypt Beyond Light expansion timelines, but has over 566 raid clears, including 184 Sherpa runs as well. They both raid just about every week and enjoy helping out community members get those raid and dungeon clears. So we start off with the question, why do many Guardians not engage? And rating. Let's listen in. I went to Reddit. Oh boy. <laughs> and there was a post. It said, um, it said, can someone please explain why you don't want to do raids? Because I've Googled, why do people not want to do raids? 
I want to know why, you know? And I got, um, there's a myriad of answers here ranging from, I have a small group of friends. So, you know, it's hard for us to find the time to, to raid together. There's no in-game LFG, which we know is false now. Now that Destiny is, and I've heard good things about this LFG. I mean, Astrocross is using it, man. I mean, why would that guy need to use one? He's got a whole community. He can, he can have anybody join whenever he wants. They salivate to join us, join him and play with him. But, uh, let's see. Someone said, of course, the dickhead, um, uh, gatekeepers. Then you have a bunch of obnoxious teenagers is one I saw. I feel like these are all valid. Let's see. Uh, it, all right. The biggest barrier for most people is probably accessibility. Having to use out of game applications. Well, I just said, I just talked about that. Uh, for some people, social anxiety rating with five strangers might not be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I still raid from time to time, but my anxiety isn't manageable and I'm not going to because it won't be fun. Most people are saying it's a lot about the anxiety here. In a vacuum, I would say I want to do raids. My only realistic option to do so, however, is through LFG, as only one of my friends still play. And I don't want to potentially deal with the bad and toxic groups or blah, blah, blah. You hear about that all the time. I'm pretty new to D2 and attempted my first raid last night after 15 minutes. I was already over it. But my friends talked me in to keep going. I felt underwhelmed for like 80%. Underwhelmed? For like 80% of it? I think you'd be overwhelmed. But he's saying this. It leaned more towards the knowledge of boring mechanics rather than a knowledge of actual shooting and clearing rooms with coordination. Me personally, I'd rather shoot things than do puzzles that feel like chores to progress. I absolutely love everything else in the game, though. Don't really have anything to do with... I don't want to have really want to do anything with strangers. I just don't like the disproportionate amount of effort it takes to even form a group. I've cleared Leviathan, I think, twice... I did Eater of Worlds, and hands down the absolute worst, Sherpa, left after the 20th wipe on the final fight, and never touched it again. Now, though, I just want to drop in and play the game. I don't want to scroll through the app filtering out 10,000 clears, must know what to do, will check raid report post, and I quite honestly can't be bothered with Discord. Alright, so those are some valid points. I mean, those are probably a lot of... Oh, by the way, did I mention that that post was three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. Three years ago. So that would a lot be of what. Have changed, though. Well, exactly. But what? What? Little, let's think yeah. about it. What raids were out three years ago? <laughs> that would be Leviathan, Ear, Spire. So yeah, uh, three years ago. Let's talk about what DLC we were in. It'd be easier to Shadowkeep. <clears throat> Shadowkeep. So and yeah. then all the way through Garden of Salvation. Then right. Yeah. Okay. But so not tons, but a fair amount. Hmm. About the same amount we have now. Yep. Because they took some away. Because oh. we lost the four at Leviathan. I want to mention one more thing. It's just, I was watching a, a new, a new, uh, YouTuber. He had like 900 subs, I think. He says, I'm brand new to Destiny. I'm going to do the free to play game. We'll see how it goes. And they were like two 30 minute videos and they were very well done. He did a good job on them. He got to veteran level six, uh, guardian rank and him and his buddy jumped into a King's Fall and they couldn't understand why they couldn't get the balls to the middle and. They were learning. They were doing a cold, cold turkey. No, no research or anything. They're just jumping into. Let's see if we can get this done. I think they thought it was going to be a lot easier than they thought. But they, they finally quit. And the end of his video, he said, "I think I'm just going to pass. I'm done with destiny. Bye." Then that's sad. Just so sad to hear that. So that's the reason I, I wanted you two to join tonight because I can talk agnosium about rating, and I don't have half the experience that you guys have. So 
Kingsley, thank you for creating some talking points here because these are, these are, this is stuff that you probably face a lot, right? When you're trying to do rating, trying to get groups together and the problems yeah. that, uh, well, let's, we'll start here. What problems do you think, Kingsley? What problems do you think is keeping people from rating? Definitely. Um, like you were kind of mentioning about, uh, people having concerns and, and, you know, having bad experiences. There's definitely a lot of that out there. People may not know where to turn. Now, we can get more into this, but Discord is actually probably one of the better places to turn to find groups. But, you know, we can get into that. But I think people are afraid of many different things. They're afraid if the team will be patient with them when they're new. They're afraid of how long it might take. They may have no idea. A lot of There's a lot of rumors out there like raids can take four, five hours, and they can in certain circumstances, but they don't need to. And they're afraid they just don't even know how to join. Maybe they're willing, but they don't want to go through the effort. Um, you know, there can be many other reasons, but I think that we are we want people to want to raid, and if we can kind of give people confidence and squash some of these concerns, then that it can be better for all of us. What about you, Kato? Why do you think people don't raid in your experience? I think it's a combination of like a social anxiety thing, not having the people to do it with, and then time constraints. There's this big misconception that, you know, you need three, four hours to raid, which can happen. There are some raids with new people. You're going to be in there for those three, four hours, but wait a minute. Hold on. You can do raids in under three hours. You could do raids in under an hour. Okay. I, I've never found one of those <laughs> raids myself. <laughs> well, I'm that's kidding. what we're here to talk about too. Okay. Right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of go ahead. I'm sorry, Kato. No, that's really, it is. I think a lot of it's just a time constraint because they've had those experiences, whether it be, you know, an LFG or a discord or whatever, where they're in a raid for three, four or five hours and they still don't get it done. And then you spend that much time and activity and not getting anything out of it. And you kind of just, it's a big letdown. Yeah. It's uh you could, you could put in, two hours of your time of your night that you could be playing crucible or running patrols. I know don't laugh. Right. You know, and they can come out empty handed, not get through the first encounter. Right. You could do anything else and get more loot out of it. Yeah. More enjoyment out of it, whether it be anything really. So maybe not the rewards don't match the time involved maybe, or the risk of getting rewards. If I think it's more the risk of getting the reward. So people want sure things. Some people do for sure, yeah. So we've heard examples of why Guardians don't engage with raiding, and the looking for group, LFG, reasons were brought up as most solo and smaller groups out there have maybe not had the greatest experiences with finding a group to raid. And since we have the new Fire Team Finder built into the game now, we discuss the various ways to find a group and minimize the headache in doing so. We talked about why someone doesn't join a raid. One thing that one of the reasons I read from Reddit was that there was no in-game fire team finder. Well, there's a fire team finder now. Have any of you guys tried this yet? Uh, not nope. for raiding, but I have tried it for um, lower level nightfall and the legend mission that's mm -hmm. out the most recent one and a couple other things. And I'm very impressed. It seems to be working pretty well, darn well. So I would assume it works at least okay for the raids also. 
I mean, if I want to run something, I just go to the Discord and say, hey, who wants to run this? And usually some people will step forward, you guys included. What what makes right. it so good? Because I'm a, just pretend I don't know anything about Fireteam Finder Kingsley. What is it that makes it, is is it streamlined? Is the is it the UI? What is it? Yeah, it, I actually am pretty impressed. Other than the annoying fact that it's pushed down your friends list, so you can't see as much uh, <laughs> when you go into it. I don't know. There was rumors about them not having much time to develop this, but it's very streamlined, and they're always updating it and fixing little minor issues. Where in the past when they've played with this idea with, um, you know, little Raid Sherpa things that were kind of in the game. It was always a beta and they never did much, but they are actually, they brought this to us earlier than expected and they've been continuously updating it. And I would say there's not much of a reason to use the app anymore because you can get everything right here. So it's just that much easier having it right in the game. Not that it's necessarily better for any reason other than that but if they didn't make it well then we wouldn't want to use it and we would probably want to use something like the app instead but of course this is all talking about lfg you know we all agree that it's better joining a discord and finding people that way yeah i mean i before they released the in-game fire team finder it's been a minute i think it was king's fall i was chasing the yeah, it was King's Fall. I was chasing the, the Sherpas on it. So I was LFGing just to help people get it and so I could get the Sherpa emblem. And that was not great. Just the way their app works and then the... Eh, so to hear that they actually did something in-game that actually works very well, it's kind of nice. Yeah, and they delayed it too. I mean, they delayed it, I think, what, six months from when they originally wanted to put it out? I mean, I, don't hold me to that, but I, they did delay it for several months. And I think uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So even even YouTubers out there are saying, I use it all the time. I love it. So maybe there's something to it. I, I haven't tried it yet because, like I said, we're all part of Discords, and we never really needed a fire team finder. We have our own. Do you want to explain what that is exactly, Kingsley, that we have in our Owl Sector Alliance? Sure, I would love to. Um First of all, joining a Discord is really helpful to find like-minded players you want to play with, and Discords can have channels where people just post, hey, do you want to raid this and that? But we found even better ways to organize these raids and these events. It's almost like a LFG system, like what Bungie's doing, but it's using a system that's been around for a while. There's a scheduling uh, service called the 100.io, and they've been around for a while, and they work with several games, but Destiny is one of the biggest ones that they work with. And they've just developed this website and app and integrations into Discord that, in my opinion, make it pretty easy to schedule a raid. You can join up in a group like the Owl Sector Alliance and create your own raid where people can join you or look for raids that other people have, post- that other people have posted and join that. And uh, we can go into tips of how to best do that if we'd like, but I just kind of wanted to start with um, really, I highly, highly recommend, and I believe you two will feel the same, but, you know, look for these Owl Sector Alliance 100.io bot postings because you will find awesome people to play with, and it's an easy scheduling system where it won't be, like, unsure, like, oh, I have to be constantly checking these Discord LFG channels and 
well, they pick me or this or that. It's just easy. You pick a slot, you're in. Right. Yeah, I've I've been impressed how easy it is to, to join anything. Anything in the game, and it doesn't even have to be Destiny. It can be other games, too. I don't want to mention that because it's a it's Destiny. True. It's a Destiny Discord. That's <laughs> a gaming Discord, but you know what I mean. But it's so easy. You see a post in the Discord. You press on the title of it. It brings you to a separate screen. And I don't, I don't know how it works on phone because I usually do it when I'm on my PC. But I do have the app on the phone. You guys can maybe speak to that, but you literally just hit join group. It tells you everyone that's in your group. It tells yeah. them how many Sherpa points they have. It tells you how much experience, uh, what kind yeah. of gamers they are. Do they like kids? Do they want mics? Any of that stuff. It's right there in front of you before you even decide to join. It's just so incredibly easy. And I can't compare it to Destiny's or to Bungie's because I haven't used it yet. But how would you compare it, Kingsley? Is it comparable or better or worse? Or the same? I would say it's better in the fact that you have more time to think about it. Uh, when you're looking at the, the, the downside, it's a good thing I'm remembering this now about the LFG group ups in, in game or in the app is they will quickly fill up most of them. And people may not see all the fine points or they're, they're saying something like KN, you know, know what to do yeah. or something. And they may not know what that means yet mm-hmm. or, they're reading it pretty quickly and it goes away and they're like, Oh, I got to join this next one. And they didn't read that. The next one said only so-and-so blah, blah, or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but with this, these can fill up quickly too at times, but you just really have a more thoughtful time of looking through it and kind of just feeling more at at ease for what you want. Well, and then you can also plan things out. Like say you don't have the time to do it today, but within the next couple of days or even later that evening or whatever it may be, you have the time to do it so you can schedule it. You know? Yeah. I think there's even a feature where you could actually add it to your calendar. Honestly, you can, I think that's available. Kingsley, you know so much about it. Cause you're the one that turned me on to it. Cause your discord was using it forever. And then you came over to my discord and said, you guys really need to integrate with this. It's so easy to do. And my God, man, I, I can't tell you how many posts we get every day. In our 100.io bot, it's a separate channel. Just list all the games that are going on. And all people have to do is just click on them. It doesn't mean you click on it and you automatically join. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You click on it and you can look at who's in there. You can look what experience they have. It's all right there in front of you. And I I think the biggest tip I could share that for just from experience in my Discord is I'll have someone jump in. Set up an IO, uh, a 100.io bot saying, um, I want to play right now. And the problem with that is, is a lot of people are at work. A lot of people don't tune into the discord. They're not sitting around in the discord. They, they visit it and they may not see that post. So yeah. I would say the one thing that I would do minimum, if you're wanting to set up a post, if you're in our discords and you're out in our owl sector alliance and you want to raid, set up the game. It's super easy to do. You literally just fill in fields. It's that easy. Or you can even do drop downs if you want to realize what you're trying to play and yep. fill in. Uh, you can even write little notes like uh, I've run it three times. I want to run it a fourth. Who's with me? Stuff like that. Uh, you know, you can you can put little comments in there like, uh, hey, just having fun or uh, hey, we're trying to get a challenge done. So, you know, we need all warlocks tonight or something like that. It, it's real easy to communicate it right there in the post. But I would suggest at minimum. Try to set it up at least three or four days in advance because yeah, people, tips. Yeah. people aren't in the discord like constantly. They visit, they see what's going on and they're out. People have busy lives. So if you're wanting to get a game together and I've seen a lot of people come in here 
they set up a game saying, uh, in three hours, I want to play, which is still good. They're doing it in advance. It gives people time to see the post, but then they're just, they're just not realistic as far as finding people to join it. I mean, I know these, these LFG groups from Destiny One, I had such nightmares doing these, these phone apps, the Destiny LFGs from long ago. I would join a Discord right. and there was, it just would seem like there was always one person in there who wanted to run everything to everyone's dismay. And even if he didn't know everything, he, she, and it just would create a bad experience. And all it takes is one person to try one of those one time and never go back to rating again. It's just, just terrible. But yeah. I, I would say three or four days minimum, set it up in advance to make sure that, um, people have a chance to see it and say, Hey, my Wednesday night is open. Yeah, I'll join. Let's do it. So even if you're not well known in the discord, I may see that post. I, I do all the time. I'll go hash, uh, backward hash, what slash games and just see what games have been posted for the week or so far. And I'll say, Hey, I do want to do a last, I do want to do a last wish. I've been wanting to get another uh, frame for my chattering bone and, um, boom, join it. It's that easy. Yeah. And some other really good tips and write as many notes in the detail section as, as you can. A couple other tips I would add to that is if you don't see, we're trying to create more Sherpa groups all the time there. You know, we had ups and downs in the, in the game and holidays have come, come upon us, but hopefully we're going to have more Sherpa groups coming up. That'll be super easy for people to join because it should be seated with enough people to have experience. But let's say you're a newer player and you don't really even know how to write the post. Well, please write at least that you're new and you would like some Sherpas. That's at least a start. Now, it's hard. I've seen things happen where someone says that I'm new and I want to learn it. And then everyone else is like, oh, I'm new and I want to learn it too. And they all join. And all of a sudden, there's like five new people, right? Five new people, yeah. And they're expecting that one person can Sherpa them all through. No, yep. that's okay. They don't know any better about that. But if there's one tip, if you're listening to this, if there's one tip you can learn, and if you want to create the raid, say, I need some Sherpas, please. And even write in the notes, please three or four experienced people, you know, and then that way we're not trying to be exclusionary, but this is for your benefit as we can talk later. If you don't want to raid to last those three or four hours, it's all about expectations, how much time you have. And then we can help, you know, if you're okay having five or six new people, well, five new people and one Sherpa. And if you're okay, a raid lasting three, four or five hours, then that's great. And I've had good experiences with that too. Like, Oh, like, I didn't know I was going to like Sherpa five people through Ron and it was really rough at times, but it's such a good feeling when you get it done. But for the people that only have like two or three hours, please try to look for groups that have like four Sherpas if you can. 100%. So that begs the question, what are players missing out on by not raiding? It's funny. What I found is that we all have different answers to this question, depending on what you like to do in the game. Well, let's talk about this first. What are the rewards of rating? Hmm. Well, the obvious one, and, and I'd like to say that for different people, it's not always the same carrot. But I know for a lot of people, not as much for me, but a lot of people, that main carrot is getting certain weapons. So a lot of times, and I'm always happy when I see weapons in the game, in the raids, that um, PvP-only players are like, oh, I got to get that, or... Even new players are like, oh, I heard this weapon's really good because then it gets more people interested in raids. Um, 
uh, red border weapons, even though I have mixed feelings about that, when they've introduced that into raids, that was a good thing because then more people want to go into the raids to get these weapons. So we can't discount, of course, weapons in the raids are a big reason for a lot of people. But I think there's there's more that people should consider and, and more that some people may consider if they're more like my personality, too. You can experience some of the best content in the game through raids that the developers have made. If you've never done some of these raids, you're really missing out on some amazing, beautiful arenas, Mm. cool lore. Uh, You're not playing the whole game if you don't raid. You know, some people may be like, I don't care. But a lot of people then do finally get into these raids. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Like the Deep Stone Crypt outside area in space or... Garden of Salvation Raid, when you first get over that mesa for the first time, you see the amazing, vast expanse of the garden. Uh, so many cool things in raids that you can experience, and not just the visuals of the atmosphere, but also experiencing the mechanics. And uh, and along with that, um, it really helps build skills of playing with your teammates. Um, there's things you can learn in raids that maybe won't be as useful necessarily in PvP, but could be useful in Gambit, could be useful just making yourself a better player, learning these skills, playing with other people, and seeing how they do things. And then you can even learn that and use that yourself, even when you're playing solo, and you'll do that much better in a Lost Sector the next time. So those are some of the main reasons, I think, why someone should raid. Kato? What, what do you get out of raiding? I mean, what? Kingsley mentioned a lot of the rewards he gets and what people get. What, do you, what about you? What are you raiding, man? Man, I chase titles. Like, <laughs> I want the, I want the title. So I will, you know, put together a team and I'll go straight for that. The rewards are nice. There's definitely some guns that I have chased and farmed, but now that everything's craftable, it's not as much of a chase. Mm-hmm. So I find myself not raiding as much because they have made things craftable. See, I've, I can go into a raid and not know anybody in the raid. And by the time I'm done raiding, which could be usually typically, let's, let's be honest. I, I, I'm not, I'm not loading the team with a bunch of Sherpas. I usually try to bring new players in and want to try to do it. And I typically take longer than you guys probably because you guys have done so many more than me. And I, I'm, a, I'm, I would say I'm a Sherpa light. I can help people with encounters. I have a hard time explaining it sometimes because I visualize things much differently than some people analyze things. But at the end of that raid, I'll know how many kids they have. I'll know where they live. I'll know. I'll know, I'll know their yeah, mannerisms. Yes. You'll know so much about a person yeah. from just jumping in a raid with them. And I don't. That is true. Yeah. I it's just definitely another good part of it is you get to know the people you play with, whether it be just people in the community, even just random LFGs. You still yeah. develop some sort of connection with these people, right? And that's honestly kind of fun because you can end up making good friends out of just a single raid. It's funny you should say that about the raid weapons, Kingsley, because uh, I'm trying to get my Oversoul lead to gra- uh, totally. Um, I- I'm still waiting to get my red borders on that. I got only got a couple or one or two or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I've got three more patterns to get. I'm looking at it right now. That's why I was looking up something over here. And it, you know why, though? Because I just saw True Vanguard own people with that gun in the Crucible. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. You know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of Grasp, Grasp of Malak, doesn't it? it? Looks just like it too. It's very much the same theme. It has the same 
same uh, sight as the grasp of Malak did. Has a, the I think the uh, the crosshair is a little different. But man, that brought I mean, back memories when I saw that. Yeah, there's think about all the good weapons we've had in raids over so many over time, and a lot of them. If the raids are gone, then we get them other ways. But like anarchy came from a raid, divinity still comes from a raid. You know, we can name we can name others. I mean, Vex, Mythoclast. Oh, there's lots of even just legendaries that are amazing. How many times have been? Been, been? Go ahead, Kato. So I think there's more. Like most raid exotics are, they're either really good or they're just okay. I mean, there's some outliers in that. Mm-hmm. You have um, conditional finality from Ruin Nightmares, which is phenomenal. Get killed by it all the time in the Crucible, as I was about to tell you. Yeah, uh, Vex Myth class from Vault. I mean, there's. And then Divinity. Like, that's right there. But yeah. I think it's the legendaries you get from some of the other raids that really push it out there. You got examples? Well, I mean, we just talked about Over Soul Edict. The I mean, rapid right, fire Over Soul Edict. Pulse rifle. A lot of people well, I mean, like Apex Predator right now. The Abyss so, Defiant was a slow-firing, high-impact frame uh, auto rifles. Those are yep. killing in the Crucible right now. Yep. I mean... Uh, from Val, you have Forbearance, you have Submission, Val. Uh, Last of Us, Chattering Bone. Yes. There's so many in the Apex Predator. Those are at least the two must-have from Last Wish. King's Fall, Zauli's Bane, Defiance of Yasmin. I'm a big Doom of Chelchus fan. I love that scout rifle. Doom of Chelchus, it's one of my favorites. Uh, Deepstone, you have Heritage, you have Succession, you have These are Posterity. some of my favorite in Deepstone, yeah. Succession and Commemoration. You the, can't the true, that machine gun. What is it? They're all good. The Trustee... That that automatic fast firing scout yeah. rifle, that thing is enormous. It's like everything from Deepstone is just so good. There's only one hand cannon I like, and it's the posterity from Deepstone. It's only hand cannon. Really I'm not a hand one. cannon user. I like it. It's it, a really good it one. just feels good. Now going back to Leviathan, of course, I don't have it anymore. I got rid of it because I've just ran out of space. But the hand cannon that came from Leviathan was still all time favorite. In fact, I think the uh the new adept um Trials Hankin is, I think, is modeled after that one. It's just smooth as butter when you fire it. I can't remember the name of it, but um, I don't have it. I know I don't have it. But so many great weapons come out of raids. But yeah. only I looked it up. Eight percent of a population that play Destiny Two, and we're talking millions and millions of people, have completed one raid. That's a terrifying number. If I was Bungie and I spent millions of dollars on a raid team. To put this beautifully designed in-game content together, which is, I still think it's the pinnacle of the game, of game content. Some people will say it's Nightfalls. Some, some people will say it's Trials. Raids are it, by far the best experience in the game for me. But, you know, in, in some aspects, I'm not surprised because other games also, the super end game stuff like World of Warcraft or whatever, you're, you're always going to have, you kind of, need to have something that's like harder for the average person to accomplish without at least trying a little bit. But that being said, I still, we still want more people to experience it and there definitely more people should. And I know that's why you guys, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on because you guys really, honestly, you really want more people to raid. I can see it. I can see the passion when you guys raid, even though Kato size all the time when I don't a damn raid, but <laughs> Gator, 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 <sighs> but all kidding aside, I mean, you guys really, I mean, you're, I mean, you guys are mainly part of the guardian hub 
uh, Discord, but we're all part of the Owl Sector Alliance Discord. I would say of all the Discords that together, I would say you guys are the most raid-oriented. That's why I wanted to come to you guys. Okay, so we discussed why players might not engage in raids and what rewards they're missing out on by not raiding. So some of you may be asking, okay, let's try one out. But what do I need to do to prepare for a raid? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> we'll answer that next. What do we need to do to prepare to run a raid? Have fun. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I've listened to other episodes. Yes. And this is question. true with everything, PvP, bounties, raiding, whatever you're going to do. If you're not sure and if you're going to be st- too anxious, even though we're all cool and we're going to be really friendly with you, try to do it at a time where y- you feel at least a little bit comfortable and don't do it just because you feel like you have to. If you don't like raiding or you're not sure, don't force yourself to, but just try to have fun and and chill out. That's probably the first tip we'd give. <laughs> and let, let's yeah. make it clear here that we this is a fire team of six for this raid activity. For dungeons, it's half that. It's three. And I kind of like putting dungeons in with, with raids because it's kind of the same thing. You're going through and doing boss encounters. It's shorter, yes. It can be soloed, yes. But you still have mechanics you have to work with per segment of the dungeon or raid. Dungeon's like a mini raid is the way I look at it. And um, But you need six people because a lot of the uh, the raid was built around and engineered for six people. Now, granted, I know there's people out there soloing them that are just nuts, that are crazy good. I mean, I have people out there that are running two and three man raids where six are needed to do the mechanics, but somehow they're, they wield magic and figure out it figured, they just figure out somehow how to do it. They know all the shortcuts, glitches, whatever it is. I'm all for those guys too. But for the general public, we need six people. And it's usually good to have an alternate too. Someone who maybe is on the fence, don't, don't know if they can spend the entire time doing the raid or maybe if someone drops out because, you know, the dog gets sick, the wife comes life in. Happens. Life happens. Good point, Cato. And, you know, you have someone there right then that can jump right in that may be listening in on the voice group. What else? What else we need to know about? They getting- need to know. Uh, you'd be surprised, but sometimes people assume they can run a raid that they can't. There are some raids that are free to play. But then many of the other raids you only get if within that DLC expansion pack. Great point. So if you're, right. if you're newer to the game and you haven't bought in Forsaken, you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to, or I'm um, sorry, Shadow Keep was the example I wanted to give. You're not able to play Garner Salvation. Or if you switch platforms recently, uh, this isn't just for new players, but players that have been around for a while, it's very easy to forget. We've all kind of done it. You're switching over from, xbox to pc or whatever and you're like oh i didn't buy that expansion so i can't do that raid so just kind of look up and see which raids you can do now the free to play raids will will always be there is vault of glass king's fall and crota so those ones are a no-brainer as far as you can always play but then the other ones are included in dlcs great point that was my next question you already beat me to it good (laughs) so yeah keep in mind if you scroll over the map where the raid is sometimes it will tell you in red needs uh like for the deep stone crypt you need the uh the europa expansion right yep need beyond light beyond light exactly what about weapons kato what about weapons what do they need to bring in on weapons man they need to bring anything they want or is there a certain protocol as far as what to bring in it's kind of a loaded question because they've changed things i mean Mm -hmm. maybe that's a question you ask your sherpa what do i need to bring in what do what you know maybe yeah it's it's kind of going to depend on the raid too Fusion rifles are always a good option. They're a good secondary DPS. They're good for dealing with adds. Um, as far as heavy, 
It's it really depends on the group. I, a lot of what I really like to ask most of the time is, "What do you have?" Instead of, "Do you have this, 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 or this?" Mm-hmm. It's, "What do you have?" Because most of the time, if you have a group, say you're bringing two new people through, and depending on if they're completely new players or if they're new returning players or whatever it may be, it's what do you have? And depending on the season, you know, sometimes the ritual weapons we get are actually pretty good. And sometimes there's other good options you get that are pretty easy to either craft or acquire now. And they're pretty good for raids. They're just a a solid DPS option. They may not be the best, but they are very usable. You have any like uh, Swiss Army knife type weapons, Kingsley, that you'd recommend someone bring in for just let's just say a general raid? Maybe they don't know I mean, anything about much, the encounters. Yeah, I very much agree with what Cato said, and mm-hmm. ideally we can have a conversation ahead of time and talk about this. But we do try to work with people and see what they have. And if people don't know to talk ahead of time about what do I need, you can't go wrong with. Some of the, you know, weapons you can get for the Monuments of Lost Light, things like Sleeper, Thunderlord, you can get more recently. Um, like Kato said, a fusion. I think a good sword too. Um, in fact, every once in a while, there's certain raid, raid encounters where things are semi required or else it's going to be a lot harder. For example, in Last Wish at the end, kind of everyone having like a sword is semi required where, in, Almost every other raid, yeah, there's weapons that'll do so much better, but if people don't have it, it just means maybe we'll do an extra DPS space. Also, I, I think you should have a sniper. That's a little more rare too, but there's some times where like you're trying to hit like the oracles in Vault of Glass or the Cyclopses in Garden of Salvation or even the eyes in Garden of Salvation and having a good sniper also can yeah. be helpful. Now, I, this may sound overwhelming. We're kind of listing lots of things, but you know, just try to have like a little bit of a variety of a few things. And then hearing this, you'll, you'll know what to bring in and then, and then asking people is great. And the good thing about raids is with it being six people. Also, there's definitely some ebb and flow, even if everyone doesn't have the perfect loadout. Yeah. Another question I get is, uh, what power level do I need to be at to raid? Currently there's only two that it matters. Okay. Uh, we're, that's, uh, we're recording as of January of 2024, just for reference, guys. Yeah. So what are the two, Kato? Potentially Root, because that is the newest expansion raid, and then Crota. Those, I think, are the only two that matter. And I could be wrong on Root of Nightmare. No, you are Not correct. Sure. I looked that up. Uh, it is still power-enabled. And, okay. and that's why I feel like Root, which we could talk more about certain raids that are easier than others, mm-hmm. is not at the bottom of the list for ease. But yeah, Root of Nightmares and Crota currently are power-enabled. And then all the other raids, it really doesn't matter because even if you just started the game and had a few weapons and could hold your own, technically you can survive in the raid with because you're not under-leveled. Yep. It's 1,600. Looking more at other stuff we need to do to prepare. Are there any visual guides? You know, because there's a lot of these... A lot of these raids have puzzles and patterns and symbols and stuff like that. How could people maybe prepare that way? Maybe reviewing some of the other like visual guides or something. Yeah, it may help for you or it may not. It is true for almost everyone that I've only met a few rare people that they watched a 
Rickakis video and then they went to the raid and they were perfectly fine. I mean, most people need to go into it to really get a feel of what the arena is like. That being said, if you're a visual learner and like to try to prepare yourself, again, in a many of the Al Sector Alliance discords, um, I know we have it over in the Guardian Hub. Um, yeah, it's raid and, guides in our, our yeah. channel. Raid guides and Guardian Downcast and, and many great places in the Al Sector Alliance will have these visual guides, uh, broken down that show each encounter kind of a visual representation of the arena. It'll give little tips on the side where things will happen for like puzzle things. And so, you know, sometimes they can be even a little overwhelming looking at them, but I know I've looked at them before and it's helped me kind of just like burn that into the memory of my brain so that when I'm playing, I at least feel 40% more comfortable. Even just a basic, like uh, some of the infographics just give you the basic layout of an arena. And that is a lot of help, especially for certain raids. Like Vow is a big one. Like knowing where those knights spawn, knowing where the symbols are for your callouts. I mean, that's a huge thing of knowing where things will be versus constantly having to either ask or just run around until you find it. I still use the visual guide, or I did until recently. I still use the visual guide to Valve Disciple because there's so many symbols in that raid, and they're just pictures. There's no text. So you have to just kind of, you all have to be on the same. I mean, I know one of my called feet, and it was hands. I called it feet because it looked like feet to me. It looked like pig feet. It looks like pig's feet to me. That's what I saw in the picture. But eventually everyone knew what I meant when I said feet. So. But yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, even us uh, players have played for a while, like in King's Fall, we've been maybe not hitting it as often or not going for that middle uh, that middle chest as often. But then we get to pass the Golgra, the maze, and it's like we can just pull up that puzzle, that uh, infographic again real quick and then see where the uh, chests are. Yeah, that saved my life so many times because that was there in the discord. When we return, we'll cover additional topics like. What are the easiest raids to start as a new player? And we also discuss a myriad of tips and tricks to help you be a better raider right after this. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Destiny Help Desk podcast. You can check out all of my contact information at destinyhelpdeskpodcast.com or visit my Twitter X at Todd the Gator. Remember, that's two D's and G-A-T-R. And finally, my YouTube channel at Todd the Gator. You can email me at ToddTheGator at gmail.com for any questions or comments. And if you have a question for the show, you can also send me a voice message at speakpipe.com forward slash Destiny Help Desk, where your message may be played live on a future show. I welcome your questions, as that's my way of helping you. And who knows, maybe there's another guardian out there with the same question, so you may be helping others without even knowing it. Please rate and review the show on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever podcast app you use. And that review may help make this show visible to other Guardians out there as well. So thank you. And later, Guardian. What's the best raid for a new player to to start? What's some of the easier raids there to get your feet wet, so to speak? I know we all have varying opinions on this. Everyone knows where I'm at on it, so what do you guys think? I think Kato and I feel pretty similar with a lot of these. Uh, I don't know, Kato, in case it's different, what you think? Personally, I think the easiest raid for somebody that's never raided before, I mean, whatsoever, like the first raid they're ever going to do, 
I think Deepstone is one of the easier ones to teach mechanics, but not necessarily the easiest one to do. I think probably Kuroto would honestly be one of the easiest ones to do at this point, even though it is power enabled, but it's mechanic wise, it's very easy. Add density, it's not terrible. It's kind of one of those, if you can keep track of a timer, you can do Crota. You can Crota. Yeah, I agree with Deepstone Crypt. And then I, I would say Vaulted Glass is also, those two to me are like, oh, the I keep two, about Vault. Yeah, oh. the, I kind of, I kind of have an order, uh, myself where it's like, I think Vaulted Glass and Deepstone Crypt are bottom of the barrel easiest. And mm-hmm. then it goes up a little bit harder. And there's a, there's like four in the middle that are kind of like, eh, they can be, Plus or minus, like Crota can be moved easier than Root of Nightmares or vice versa. And then there's two at the end that are quite a bit harder. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think your list is correct, pretty much. Root is, to me, is a weird one. Because the raid itself is very, very easy. But the raid itself really only requires, like, two people to do actual mechanics until you get to the third encounter. Which is what we call planets. And then everybody has to do something, which is why it makes it so difficult. Because the first part of it, only two people have to do any mechanics, and then you get a third, and you have to involve everybody doing something. And then fourth encounter, you're kind of back to just two people doing something. But I would like to add, I've I've had many experiences of running that raid where even in the fourth encounter, it gets very hard because A, someone could be not power leveled, and yep. B... Everyone gets this impression that the raid's super easy. Mechanics-wise, it is, but the ad control in the last encounter is actually a little intense. It is. And I've seen yep. people die like crazy in many, many wipes in Root of Nightmares. And because of that, people keep forgetting that just yep. because the mechanics are easy doesn't mean the raid's easy if people are dying and wiping over and over. And that's why I don't put Root of Nightmares at, at the bottom. No, I definitely agree with that. I think it's more of a... um the raid itself can be easy, especially for experienced raiders, but the room for error for the newer people is so slim. Like, there's not a lot of leeway if you screw something up. It's, you screw something up, you're going to wipe and you're going to do it again. Yeah. And we're it's even not, talking about screwing up, taking down ads. So yeah. even though you're just taking down ads, you have to do that impeccably or else count, count it as a mechanic, count it as, you know, you know, this, we haven't really talked about this, but one of the best things you can do in a raid is find ways to stay alive. Actually, I think we'll talk about that a little more going forward, but staying alive is even more important than learning yes. the mechanics, at least at first. Be- because staying alive, because you only get so many revives. In dungeons, it's unlimited. You can just keep reviving and reviving and reviving. And as long as you don't all die at the same time, I think you don't go to orbit, right? If you all die, yeah, I think you, no, you've you all, I think even then they, you can still get back in it, right? You never yeah, go to orbit. Go to you just you just reset the encounter. You reset the encounter. Yeah, right. See, well, you guys think I'm going to say root of nightmares, but actually, I don't think root of nightmares is easiest because planets is very. Not only is it very mechanic heavy, a lot of symbols, a lot of what what's right, what's left. Are we using numbers? Are we using states? What are we using to, you know, the three grids? What are we using to communicate together? And here's the thing: I've always found, I've raided with several groups in that raid. And everyone has a different idea. Is it, is it, is it room right? Is it far? Is it close? Is it numbers? Is it states? That always drove me crazy because there wasn't a standard way to think of that, but planets was definitely, that's the reason why 
I don't think Root of Nightmares is the easiest. I think it's one you can graduate up into. But here's the thing about Destiny, and you're taking Todd Kingsley. How when did you get into raid uh, to Des- Destiny? Did you, are you a Destiny two yeah. player, um, Kato? Or did you yeah, play Destiny one? See, in Destiny one, raids were much simpler to me. They were because it was a stand in here and do DPS. Move over here, stand in the well and do DPS. The mechanics I thought were pretty simple. So for that reason, I would say Vault of Glass is the easiest raid for f- people to first time try. Not only because of the nostalgia and a lot of people who play Destiny 1 can do it in their sleep because they played so many times in Destiny 1 and the mechanics haven't changed a whole lot. But the fact that the encounters are very static versus as we get into more raids here on the list. And this is the list you gave me, Kingsley, and I'm, I would tend to agree here. I would move a little bit of things around, but you say Vault of Glass is easiest, Deep Stone, Root of Nightmares, Crota's End, King's Fall, Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, and then Val. The thing hmm. I want to say about that, and everyone can have different opinions, and even those three hardest ones can be moved around a little yeah, bit. That's however, what I do. however, a lot of people are scared of Last Wish, and then when they run it, they realize it's much easier than they were worried about. So that's why I don't put it at the very top. Right. But I think most people can agree, Garden and Vow, at least mechanics-wise. Um, I still don't know how to run that one smoothly. Garden isn't bad until the last encounter, to be fair. And that's why I put Vow above it. But um, Maybe it's because we've done so uh, many Divinity runs every time I run it. <laughs> Divinity. What do you think, Kato? On, yeah. What would you put for some of the harder ones? I'd probably keep it about the same order. I mean, Garden and Last Wish, you could flip around. That's Honestly, what I would do. King's Fall, Last Wish, and Garden, you could all flip around. It's depending on your group yeah. and experience with other people in the group, not just outside of a new person. I mean, Garden Divinity runs really aren't that bad, but they can be because the pressure is on to actually get it done. Because um, you have to do it in one run or else you don't right. get it done. You know, nobody does legit Riven. If you did legit Riven, I would put Last Wish as the hardest because that is, See, that is a nightmare to do. For me, Last Wish is second hardest for me. Val's definitely the toughest because it's all about symbols and there's a ton of them. But I've run Val more than I have Last Wish, so that I'm probably, I might be a little biased there, but I've only run a handful of Last Wish. And the biggest thing that throws me off there is the symbols are too alike. You have a bird looking this way on a branch. You have dragon looking this way with a pole. I mean, it's the, the symbols are much more complicated for me. And I'm a very visual person and I'll look at something and I'll say, well, that looks like he's doing this way, but he could be doing and I just have not done enough reps of the last wish, and that's probably my weakest raid. But I think Val still is that third encounter. And Val really yeah. is it that's the stumbling block for most people who don't raid much. Val, you kinda need to start saying the correct names for reasons, but in Last Wish, you'd never have to say the actual names. I forget if they even have actual names. If you just describe it, you say bird looking over its shoulder to the that left. That is true. That is good enough. That is true. Yep. You can describe it. Whereas you see a flower and you're like, what is that supposed to be? A red flower. Is that a hibiscus? Yeah, because uh, that there's love? some that are similar. That's it's, why it's called love, point. but yeah. how on earth does that mean love? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, you're okay. Right. I'll, I'll give you that, Kingsley, because you can describe the picture and uh, mm-hmm. and go from there. Next We all share some really good tips and tricks to rating, and this info alone can make or break a good raid experience. Okay, we've talked about why people don't raid. We've talked about how to prepare for a raid. We've talked about which raids are easiest to begin and start. What are some tips we could give some new players out there, because that's what this podcast is for, 
that can make them have a better time or be more successful in a raid? First thing is don't be afraid to ask questions at all times, especially in between wipes. Now, I've run into a lot of people that are very comfortable listening and we're teaching them the mechanics and stuff, but then maybe, and we may ask them, does that seem to make sense? And they don't know any better in their mind, so they think it makes sense. But then we're going through it and something didn't make sense in their mind and then we wipe or whatever. And then they're like afraid to ask for clarification. Like the pressure's on, like, oh, did I mess it up? I don't want to look like the dumb dumb asking for like clarification. No, we promise, we promise. Please ask for clarification in between encounters. Now, as Sherpas, we try to kind of guess what went wrong and then maybe re-explain something. But we would actually prefer if someone asks clarifying questions. Is I'd say that's number one. Yeah, definitely ask questions. Like, there is no such thing as a dumb question. If you have a question about the encounter, definitely ask for clarification. And if you need to see it before you can understand it, don't be afraid to ask for, hey, can we start it so I can see what's going on and then we wipe. I know for me, that was that's always one of the things I try to do is I give a really brief rundown, start the encounter, see how it goes, and then, you know, you're going to end up doing a wipe. So then they've seen how the encounter semi works to an extent. So then you can ask questions if there's something they don't understand. Yeah. See, as a very visual person, I tend to, and you guys have, you guys know I do this all the time. I'll see, let's just do a round. I want to see yeah. the pattern. I want to see the puzzle pattern. I want to see what the process is. We kill this guy and then we go to this plate. We need to go to this plate all at the same time. Where, what plate do I go to? I need that practice so I know when the encounter is real, I'm there. I'm and everyone depends on you to be in your spot. That way you can, um, you know, make sure that everyone is on the same page as far as where they need to go, what they need to do. So I'll say, hey, let's just run it. Let's run it one time, and I know we're not going to get it done, but let's just. I just want to see how this all works in my mind. And even if you watch a video, it's just not the same as jumping in. And just getting some reps. I know everyone everyone makes fun of me for saying get your reps in, but it's just like weight training. It's like everything else. Once you get your reps in, it's just repetition. That's how that's how we learn things is from trial and error. So I would say don't be afraid to to tell someone, hey, can we just run it just one time, just so I see how this all visualizes, how this all is put together, and then go from there. That that's something that I I always. Yeah, you were talking about not, you know not being afraid. I, I remember so many Leviathan layers. That I knew, I didn't, I had no clue what I was doing. And I would say, well, I'll just figure it out. I'll look around and see where everybody's going and I'll figure it out. It never works that way. You got to speak up. You got to say, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm new. I haven't done this before. I love playing video games, but sometimes I need a few, uh, I need a few reps. You know, I need to, I need to understand exactly where you're talking about when you say go over here. Where is it? What, what does that mean? Where is here mean? And don't be afraid to, to just say, Hey, because otherwise you're just going to waste people's time. And that can get under a Sherpa skin sometimes, depending on your Sherpa. But they want you to say, listen, I don't understand what you're telling me. What do you mean by I need to go do this? And don't be afraid to do that. Because if they're a true Sherpa, they'll say, sure, no worries. Let's go through it. Did I just, was that an imitation of Kingsley? Okay, sure. Let's, let's do a run. Let's do it. Let's, let's figure it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of how he says it. Uh, cause I've, I've asked him that before. I said, Kingsley, I don't understand, man. Where, where are you telling me to go? And what, what does that mean? So yeah, don't be, that's probably my biggest one is don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, what else? What other things can we do to do better in a raid? 
once you're uh, in it. Uh, and and this again, yeah, clear comms. Sherpas will try to explain this to people, but you need to learn the best way to do callouts for all sorts of things. So we'll often give examples of what people are supposed to say. Like you'll tell us you see this symbol, say this symbol, right? Whatever we tell you, but. You know, we're having fun in raids and we're talking or someone does one call out and someone else does another call out at the same time. I can't tell you how many times where people are talking at the same time and then they never repeat what they said. You have to assume if you're talking over someone at the same time, say your thing again because you have to assume they didn't hear you. Right. That's me. And that's me all the time. Yeah, it it happens. We get excited. We want to say stuff. And honestly, the less the better. I mean, there's times where we have to give detailed callouts and we'll tell you that, but other than what you need to say, it's actually kind of opposite of PVP. You don't want to say too much. You don't want to be say, I took down the ads over here. I'm turning 360. I'm going over here. I'm shooting this. I'm jumping up now. No, no, no. Don't say any of that stuff. Only say the callouts that Why are you, you looking need to at me, say Kingsley? to the other teammates. Because <laughs> I do that all the time. He just explained exactly what I do. You know, I give everyone a play-by-play. Play. This you, Gator. I know, people, I know, so, but you know. I'm just saying that that was me a lot of times, so don't be afraid to, to it's, just, yeah. yeah. It's a hard habit to break of doing excessive callouts, especially in like newer people coming in. They think that the more information you're giving, the better it is when a lot of the times you end up just adding confusion to it. I've done that so many times. You'll end up it's, with uh, too many callouts, and you're like, uh, where the fuck was I going again? Yeah, and it's especially the hardest when groups, when there's a raid that they split the groups. Like in Garden of Salvation, this happens a lot, but yeah. in other raids too. And so one group has to do callouts within their group. Another group has to do callouts within their group. And there's going to be times where... It's not very methodical. Like it's just easy. Someone does a call out and someone else. There's going to be times where people have to kind of quickly do a call out. So that's again, while you're hoping the team A says their call out very quickly and don't have any other chatter like, Oh, I took down the Minotaur. No, we don't care. You know, <laughs> but, uh, unless we needed to care about that, we'll tell you ahead of time. And then team B can do their call out very quickly after that. Good point. Uh, that's, that's so important. And good raid teams can usually give a call out in the fewest amount of words, like most clearly, and they just ace it because everyone's on the same page. They know the call outs and it's just, it, you know, in good crucible teams, good PVP teams don't get excited when they do call outs either. They're just giving you quick, non-emotional responses to what's going on around them that they can see. It's the same with raiding. You just don't want to drown out everybody at the same time right. because it just becomes noise and no one understands any of it. So you have to start over. Staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> that is probably the hardest thing. It seems obvious. Like we always say like, well, obviously you got to stay alive, but I'll tell you if you're worried too much about the mechanics more so than staying alive, you may put yourself in a situation where you're not staying alive. And that's 80% of the battle. If you can find ways to stay alive, which I'll give a few tips in a little bit, but if you can do that now, again, patient Sherpas, we're not going to, get upset one way or the other. But if you're really trying your best to stay alive, we will be even more patient going through the mechanics with you, even if it takes a million times. But if you're not even trying to really stay alive and you're being very chaotic, then then we get a little less patient. Well, bet. Well, I mean, let's get into it. What tips can we do to stay alive longer in a raid? I mean, I'll, I'll start. It's just like PVP. Let the structure protect you. Get behind cover. 
Get behind cover. Something's shooting you, and you, even if you don't understand the mechanic, and something's shooting you, move. Yeah. Get out of that area. Even if it means you're away from your mechanic, at least you're prolonging the encounter where someone can correct it, possibly. Staying alive, I mean, if you die, that pretty much means the counter's over, for most part. I mean, you have limited revives per encounter, and usually it gets to a critical mass where you can't do any more revives. You just have to start over. Yeah. So get behind cover is my first thing. But it it can take a lot of time and experience to learn the arenas, too. And it's Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing. Like, we can go into the raids and we can give the really long explanations, which people usually don't want to hear. Where We're like, this is a good cover point. This is a good cover point. But some of it will just come from experience unless people actually ask us those questions. Um, But what I like to do when I always go into a new thing, whether I'm playing solo or a raid... I am very big about trying to know an exit strategy, not to like, you know, get out of the arena, but like to get away from the ads. If I'm getting overwhelmed, I always kind of know, okay, there's a cover off to my right and I can quickly jump over there if I'm getting overloaded. So um, cover cover is important, but I do feel it's a little more advanced than some players may take it for at first because some of these arenas are huge and they may not be thinking of that. So I sometimes feel like it's kind of like a three-pronged approach, and I maybe just be geeking out about this, but I feel like sometimes newer players or less experienced players, they first just kind of focus on defensive skills, like how to stay alive, like, oh, I'm going to drop my well, stay alive, or healing nades, or things like that. And those are important to have, of course. At least start with that. Have defensive skills ready to go. Healing nades, well, if you're on a warlock, you know, invis on hunter if you need if to help yourself feel better on the defensive skills. But once you get a little bit better, you start kind of finding those cover spots and then you don't have to rely on the basic, you know, defensive skills as much. It's way better finding cover than dropping your will in the middle of encounter just to stay alive. Or even a barrier if you're a Titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you eventually graduate to offensive skills and you think like, Oh, well, what that means is if you learn where the ads are spawning, and the quickest way to take them down, use all your offensive abilities, the quicker you take down the ads, the better you're going to stay alive because they won't be there to shoot you back. Yeah, being proactive, knowing where your threat's coming from. Yep, makes sense. So defensive, cover, offensive. And people have different opinions on that, but I I think you should always be looking for ways to improve to uh, stay alive. More to the the offensive side of it is consider your loadouts. I mean, consider what you're running for ad clear because you got to be able to mix in good ad clear with good DPS for most raid encounters. So, you know, weapons that are going to generate a lot of orbs to give you that bump in health or super or whatever it may be, or even ability bumps, you know, just things that are going to help you stay alive. Don't just consider your abilities, but consider the weapons that are going to help you get your abilities back. Consider the exotics that are going to help you stay alive if you're not on a DPS subclass. I mean, there's there's a handful of guns out there, crafted, non-crafted, exotic, that are really help with, um, you know, the ad clear aspect of staying alive. Yeah, I was just going to mention one of those guns is Crimson. It's literally yeah. the Red Death in a hand cannon form. When you get a kill with something, if it's a precision kill, you get ammo reloaded, so you don't have to spend time reloading. And if you kill the ad... You get your health back. I When I was on plates doing Leviathan runs, Leviathan lairs, some really tough ones where everything is running at you, I cannot tell you how many times that crimson saved my life. Just for weapon. 
just made all the difference. Yep. Well, like look at Crota when you're at the bridge encounter, you have to stay on that plate. Mm-hmm. You, know, you cannot leave that plate. Nope. So you have to consider your loadout of, okay, you have barriers coming at you. You have wizards, you have thrall, you have, you know, acolytes all shooting at you. So there's all these things that are coming at you. So you have to consider what weapons you're running to really deal with all of these things. And that's just pre-planning. Just going in knowing, okay, I've got these defensive weapons. And then you have your offensive ones too. I mean, it's like Crucible. If I'm going to run in there with a sniper and try to snipe people, I need a sidearm for when stuff gets close to me and I have to defend myself. Same kind of principle with with PvE as well. When you got uh, Exploder Shanks, or let's just say Exploder uh, Thralls coming at you, you can have something that can take them down quick. If you're using a long-range weapon and you're going to try to hip-fire a scout rifle, you're going to have a hard time. Versus maybe a, a submachine gun or an auto rifle. So, yep. yeah, very similar to PvP. Very much the same a thing. A lot of it can matter what you feel comfortable with. I mean, again, if you feel comfortable with a slow-firing scout or pulse, that may not be the best option. But if you feel comfortable with Osteo or Necrochasm or these weapons that, for your ad clearing side, you know, maybe they're not the great DPS weapons, and but they work well for you. You know, you can clean adds quickly with it rather a hand versus a hand cannon then go with those weapons and they're actually pretty good weapons anyways but you know there is a little bit of variability there so if you want to practice before you get into raid do gambit do other things and figure out what can clear groups of ads quickly for you and then you'll you'll learn from experience talking to others too what works well for them but a lot of it can just depend on what works well for you kind of circles back around to ask questions especially if you're new to it Ask what people are running. Like, hey, what do you would suggest for this encounter? You know, is this just a mechanic encounter? Is this a DPS encounter? Is it, you know, just ask those questions. If it's not explained to you and you're not 100% sure what exactly is going on, you know, what you need exactly, don't ever be afraid to ask, you know, what do I need? Good point. It's all part of the pre-planning process too. Yep. all All comes together. Anything else as far as uh, some tips to, to stay alive or tips to get better in the raid? Kind of just throwing it out there here. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about like a common build that would be obvious, like per class. Mm-hmm. That could be helpful. And there's can we do builds. Can we do one of each? Yeah. I can do a Warlock. Can anybody else do a Titan? I can do a Titan, too, if we need to. Uh, just in case there's I mean, three I different know, classes. I listen. know what's good for... Come on, Kato. I know you're a hunter. <laughs> well, yeah, but... There's actually a couple for the hunter that work really well, but it's very raid specific. Okay, that's true. It's encounter specific. Is there one you would recommend though, Kato? That if you're going in as a hunter, that maybe will save your hide the best. If you if just say you had to have one build as a Swiss Army knife build, the best you can. We don't have to get into specifics here, but what would you bring in if if someone said, "All right, you're playing hunter. We're not going to tell you what raid it is. What are you going to?" As a new player. Depending on how comfortable you are with Hunter, Void is probably your best option. Okay. Because you have Devour, you have Invis, you have a weakening effect. Repulsor Void Brace. Void is a very, yeah, Repulsor Brace on Void Weapons too. Um, we have Gear Falcons, you have Graviton Forfeit, which when you go Invis, you gain health. Um, it helps when it comes to Raid DPS because you're throwing out a Tether for that debuff. I mean, there's... That is probably the go-to easy build for just straight survivability. 
personal favorite is either I really like my Solar Hunter. Healing Nade, whatever throwing knife. I mean, there's there's options. Depending on the raid, it could be Arc. I mean, there's options. The one thing I will say when it comes to builds, kind of no matter the subclass, is like Stasis and Strand for Hunter are useless in a raid most of the time. See? People need to hear that. Because that's they, probably uh, what a new player will bring in. They just finished Neomuna. They're bringing in their Strand Hunter. Yeah. There isn't a there isn't a single raid I can think of that either one of those supers would actually be useful. Good to know. Yeah, so stick and, to light. Um, and you can I go with what you're going to say. Encounters. <laughs> like, none. Okay. As fun yeah. as they are, because there's some really good builds for both Stasis and Strand for the Hunter. But when it comes to raid, there's just, there's no viability. Is it survivability? Is that the problem? No, they actually have really good survivability. Okay. There's just either the super lasts too long for most things is the problem. Like any, any roaming super in a raid isn't going to output the damage versus your burst or one shot supers versus actual weapon damage. So like Crota, mm-hmm. you know, the, Strand Hunter on Crota, you would think would be good, but the damage is so low versus what you could actually output with a sword. You might as well just use a sword and save your super for ad clear right. if necessary. As a hunter, what is the best uh, DPS super? Is it a golden gun? I know it's a golden mm. gun. I, I already know that, but I'm just asking anyway. Or am I, I wrong? Don't I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not going to hold you to gun. it. I mean, if... You want to have some good numbers? You want to help kill that boss at the final end? What are you bringing in as a super, as a hunter? Depends on the raid. Um, we'll say Crota. Crota? Yeah. Uh, Gathering Storm. Mm. Gathering Storm or Blade Barrage. Really? Because it's he doesn't have a crit spot. You're using a sword on him. So you're going for the damage over time effect versus mm-hmm. a burst Scorch. shot. Gotcha. So you're throwing your knives and then grabbing your sword. Yep. Okay. Um, other raids, Golden Gun, like Deepstone, Golden Gun, Vaulted Glass could go either way, Root of Nightmares, Blade Barrage, Gathering Storm, King's Hall, Golden Gun. I Last Wish mm-hmm. is, um, I personally like using Golden Gun, shoot Raven on the mouth, go do sword damage. I know we ran a Last Wish, it was a week ago, was it when it was the rotator? Then I hit for like 600,000. Wow. And then went and did sword damage, so that was cool. What was your what was your NDPS? Do you remember? Was that over five mil? Uh, the last switch doesn't give you damage numbers. Oh, that's right. At that's the end. right. They don't. And they're, usually, they're not that high, anyways. It's no. it's a weird raid. Okay. Even when we do wipe, we've almost completed it. Yeah, it just shows you how many it's times I've run. Usually, it. like Kato was saying, that six hundred numbers. Usually on the higher end, anyways. For one <laughs> yeah. single shot. For one, well, just even for one player, yeah, um, yeah. it's a weird, sorting it's a weird raid. Weird. But, yeah, just, because like shooting her in the mouth and then sorting her foot, the damage numbers don't add up the same. Yeah. Which golden gun uh, super are you using? Uh, marksman. The one that shoots one I big shoot. bullet, or one that shoots several. Yeah, just one. With okay. Celestial. Gotcha. With Celestial Nighthawk. Gotcha. Yeah, that's probably the easiest one. If you have a Celestial, put it on. There you go. Your build's done. If you have Star Eater scales, put them on. You're done. If you need a Celestial, head on into those Legendary Lost Sectors yeah. when it's a helmet day. And, you know, there's other 
builds I do like for raids, but that's more of a. It's more esoteric, right? Not 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 the guy, but what do you like to do? Yeah, as a seasoned raider. Yeah, it gives me more flexibility to I can flex into different roles without having to have a like big loadout change kind of thing. Okay. All right, Kingsley, what are you bringing in? What character are you going to wrap? Yeah. Well, first I want to say, again, for the easy answer, if we didn't have to say anything else, a newer player or less experienced, and plus they're very useful in the raid, a solar warlock, you can use the well to help others during DPS phases. You can use the well if you need to stay alive. You have healing aids if you need. And a well of radiance warlock with the well super along with lunifaction boots is kind of the Swiss army knife for mini raids. Now that being said, not everyone loves running that. And if you have one or two mechs that are already doing, you know, solar warlock, or even if you have a more experienced group and we can stay alive without needing a well, then there might be more fun or better options. And warlock I feel is a little more get your opinion after this a little more versatile than what Kato was saying with Hunter like even Strand is okay on the Warlock it's or sorry on Stasis not so much the super but those turrets amazing and um, the Strand super is very powerful on the Warlock Mm -hmm. I would probably say Arc and Stasis are the least good in as a Hunter man I can agree (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you can do you know, solar is probably gonna be the most popular, and um, I'm and then I, next to that, I would I would say the next best ones would probably be um, strand or void. I finally went back to void recently, where Nova Bomb combined with Dragon's Breath combined with Fusion Rifle all together, <laughs> actually is hitting some pretty good DPS numbers. And I hate personally hate running. Well, I don't like being a defensive warlock. I being a I like being an offensive warlock. So I've been. More and more over time saying, I don't want to be the well warlock, even though it's good to have one for many groups. Arc was only good when pulse grenades were really, really good, but generally arc's going to be lower on the list for raids. And then again, stasis, like I mentioned. Yeah. What do you I mean, think, Gator? I, I, well, as a warlock main, yes, I have to agree that the warlock is the most versatile. I would think, I would think Titan is probably the hardest in raids. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to mention, too. We're talking about builds. Builds can vary quite a bit from what that seasonal artifact has in it, too, because the seasonal artifact can make all the difference in putting a build together. In fact, the builds I have here are from Season 22. I don't even know if they're still good to use or as good to use in Season 23 now. But, um, I mean... That's actually a very good point. You know, this season's all about that solar. It's definitely solar. So That's a huge one. I would say a Lorelei Titan, Titan hammers using Lorelei because you're almost unkillable. If you're talking about survivability, when you're radiant and you have uh, scorch, you're scorching targets and you have restoration activated, it's pretty hard to die. I know even though they've nerfed restoration a bit, so it's not quite as overpowering, you still can stay alive using uh, any solar build that, that incorporates the Lorelei helmet and, um, there's probably some other exotics. I, this is my weakest character. I'm just saying this because I'm the only Titan left. So, uh, so to speak. I'll say something real quick. Just a small little friendly jab at the Titans. Oh, God. Whenever we're running all same class in raids, mm-hmm. it's never Titan. It's either Warlock or Hunter. Titans are... I... 
<laughs> I have done out of from Deepstone forward. I have all the raid titles. I have only run one of those raids on all warlock. The rest have always been all hunter for same class. But it's warlock is a good option. Also, I've done that with other. It groups, is, but but Titan is usually not the one that's picked. Was my point. <laughs> yeah, uh, Titans are very good for ad control. They're very good at keeping stuff out of you. They can create those fire those fire wells. Mm-hmm. The I don't know what they call them, but the uh, the uh, swirling wells of fire where anything crosses Sunspot. them. Sunspots. Sunspots. Thank you. And uh, that's where the Lorelei helmet comes in. I mean, I I like bringing in my my uh, my well my solar build, especially this season. With my warlock, because of survivability is off the charts, you're protecting anytime you do DPS, no matter what's around, you can throw that well down and you can pretty much protect. And if you're wearing the, uh, because uh, Kingsley's always telling me I always forget to put them on, are those boots while you're in the well that makes you reload faster. And everyone in your team. So it really helps with the DPS exactly. numbers. It just speeds up reloads and it actually helps distance too, if you're using a yes. certain, but Distance is usually not the problem. It's not usually the yeah. reloads. In Deep Stone, it was very, very useful. I think it still is um, semi-required because with getting some better DPS and everything. But yeah, I'm talking about the uh, the Luna Faction boots is what I'm talking about. So Luna Faction boots. Yeah. When you run into uh, when you have legendary lost sectors available and it's it's a it's a boot day, good time to run in there and start getting your boots. And if you're a warlock, Luna Factions are so good for PvE and raids. And I always forget to put them on. I'm usually have something else on. Like uh, I usually have something like my necro, not necrotics, but my um, it's usually the sun bracers because I can throw all these sun, all these sunburst grenades and just drown out the drown out the world with grenades for a few seconds. But that doesn't help my team in DPS. So then, usually when it comes to a DPS phase, I'll switch over to the boots, the uh, Luna Faction boots, so everyone can reload and do DPS faster. That's actually a really good point, not to uh, change the subject, but uh, doing things that help your teammates more than just benefiting you is a huge thing with raids. You have to be unselfish. It is very much a team-based game. Whereas, I mean, if anyone's run a strike in group of three that are that are match-made, everyone going and mowing down ads way ahead of you, either because they just want to hog kill or they just want to get through it quick. Probably both. But with raids, it's all about helping one another. And I'll even have people who maybe don't like jumping puzzles in the raid, and I'll just stay back. Because I really don't have problem jumping. Especially on my Warlock with certain builds. I can flew forever in the air and hover. But uh, talking about a few of our members of our community who don't like jump puzzles. Uh, some primate comes to mind. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a good example of some builds to use in a raid if you're one of those three characters. I'm sorry. With, with Titan, I can't give any 23 recommendations, say season 23, because I, I haven't played them yet. I'm still on my uh, Warlock right now. Hunter would definitely be my number two if I was to uh, have to play another character because the golden gun is insane. This, this, especially with all the seasonal mods, it's insane damage this year. This season, I mean, not this year. I mean, just to go upon the point of uh, helping others out again, we, those are things too that you can learn from others as you play raids more. When you're, if you want to graduate to master raids, that is semi required. We have to have a plan where we're helping others get more heavy ammo. We're helping others get more orbs. These things are definitely kind of required for they're useful in the normal raids too, but in the in the further raids, find ways in your builds that you can do things to help out other players with orbs or ammo or DPS or whatever. 
That's a good point, Kingsley. Let me mention this too. When you're putting together uh, raid builds, uh, some mods you should be thinking about using in your armor slots, heavy scouts. Not only heavy ammo finder, but heavy scouts, because a heavy scout mod will not only help you get heavy ammo, but it gives your entire team heavy ammo. Not a ton, but if heavy ammo, let's face it, I think you guys can agree, heavy ammo is kind of the it's kind of the thing that we run out of, especially in DPS modes. So a heavy scout in your armor slot and a heavy ammo finder. And you can double up on those too if you want to make it more more prevalent to drop heavy ammo. So uh, those are two mods that I always make sure I have on if I'm raiding because I it's all about heavy ammo usually. I mean, on boots, it's pretty common. You want to have um, energy surges on either for void, solar, or arc, depending on the DPS weapon you're using. That, those alone with two can increase to 18%. With three, I believe it's 23%. Okay, something like that. Yeah. So they can help a lot. That's a huge difference. Yeah, you had to remind me about um, that, having those search mods on, because I forgot to have them on. And my DPS was like a million and a half less than everyone else. And I was like, why? I don't, I'm doing everything everyone else is doing. Well, I didn't have any solar surge mods on. That brings up another good point, Kingsley and Kato. Every, all the builds that we put together used to have uh, all these little different things that we could collect, like wells and stuff. Things have changed a little bit. It's pretty much about one elemental drop and orbs of power, man. It's all about orbs of power when you're putting builds together these days. I know I'm not getting too far off topic here, but I'm just going while we're still hovering around builds here. Siphon mods are important, too, because the more orbs of power you can drop for everyone on your team, the more faster they get their super back, right? Faster they get, depending on your build, it can get your abilities back faster. There's so many things, and this goes with your your surge mods because you're getting armor, you're getting armor um, charges when you pick up orbs of power. So remember, siphon mods are important too because on your helmet because uh, you want to drop those orbs of power everywhere. If you run a, a really good raid team, you'll see orbs of power everywhere as you go through encounters, and you just swallow them all up, and you before you know it, everyone has everything back to normal again. Yep, very true. I love, yeah, the the raids where you can not have to worry about getting your super back for the next DPS. Exactly. Either because people are making enough orbs, or maybe just the the length of it. But yeah, and we're we're pretty much talking about raiding tonight. We can get into builds another time. And in fact, Native Raider and I kind of got into build crafting a little bit. There's so much to learn in build crafting. All I can tell you to do is not be intimidated by build crafting. Uh, watch videos on it. Listen to podcast about it. There's a lot to learn. And, and just from experience, once you get a few builds down, you kind of understand the synergy and how everything works together. Uh, it all comes together. And if you have a team of five other people that are all in the same boat as you and have these builds all working together, you'll get your raids done in no time. Your DPS numbers will be crazy high too. I would like to point something out when it comes to like armor charge and surge mods. So if you're like setting up for your DPS and you're running a surge mod, make sure you're not running a kickstart of any kind. Because if you're running a kickstart, it automatically reduces your armor charge. It'll completely use it, so then you're actually losing out on damage. Okay, that's a good point. I did not know that. Do they still have kickstart mods? I guess they still do, don't yeah. they? I hardly use them anymore. Yeah. So, you know, like you have a grenade, grenade kickstart, kickstart. You, have utility, you have, there's a melee one. And the kickstarts are trying, they're, they're built to reduce your cooldowns, right, Kato? Essentially, it, it gives you energy from each, like, so say you have three armor charges, you throw your grenade, 
it's going to consume those three charges and give your grenade energy back. Whereas a font mod will increase your ability, your generation during the duration of the charge. I'm glad so you said it's that. Like, Kickstart mods are great for PvP. Mm-hmm. The font mods are better for PvE for the like overall regeneration. Mainly when it comes to like a DPS phase. Really it's just kinda depends on what your build is, honestly. Like, you know, a grenade kickstart's great. It gives you that ability energy from your mod or from your armor charges. But if you're going right into the DPS and you throw a healing aid at your feet, you're gonna get, you know, say 30%, 40% of it back, but then it's, uh, you no longer have armor charges. Uh, and, and the artifact, if you look through your seasonal artifact for season 23, they have all kinds of combined siphon mods where you can have two different elements built into one. That saves you a lot of energy when you're trying to put builds together as well. There's little tricks, little stuff like that. Remember that solo operative is also back this season. So if you want to solo lost sectors and stuff like that to get some of these exotics we've been talking about tonight. Make sure you have that equipped. It's on the last row of your artifacts, so you'll have to unlock it all. But just stack your bounties for every season. No. I did that to get it right out of you guys. Um, <laughs> it didn't work. All right, fine. Hey, before we go, guys, I wanted to know if you guys wanted to share some of your raid experiences, some of your favorite raid experiences, some just some small stories of things you remember from all the raids we've all been done. I'll go real quick. Um, I'll do a first talk about my first raid and then another one um, that I kind of remember a lot. But my first raid was King's Fall. I started slightly after Taken King came out in D1. And so everyone was running that raid. Um, so I didn't experience Vault of Glass and Crota until a little bit later, the D1 versions of it. It was pretty darn epic. It was good to go into King's Fall as my first raid. I was totally in awe. I'm like, this is amazing. This is fun. And... That really just started my raiding career right there. Burning Wing, by the way, was uh, a raid stripper for me. Um, oh. That very first raid. That was um, the Derp Clan, right? Derp Clan? Yes. Yep. Derp. Destiny Family. Reset uh, Podcast. Destiny Reset Podcast, yep. And then there's so many good memorable experiences, and so I don't want to leave anyone out currently, so this one's a little bit older, but I remember when we were first trying to figure out Last Wish and getting through different parts, and it wasn't even that very end, but the vault encounter and we were banging our heads against the wall for a while and running out of time and people dying and stuff like that. But when we're finally getting it the last time and it was so exciting because the music is so epic in there too. And this is why we've had this music in our podcast and times in the past and stuff also, but like you, the first vault unlock and the music's one way you do the second vault unlock. The music's pretty similar, but when you get to the third one, it's like that, Dun, dun. Like it's like so much louder and like really epic sounding. And we were doing a little bit better this run. And the person that was doing the last symbol was running through. And then he got booped in the hallway in the tunnels. And he was a little bit behind. And then he's like running, running the timers there. And it's like five, four. And he's like running three, two, one, slam right at zero seconds. And then we passed that encounter. And then we were like just on a high. It was so fun. Kato? There's been a lot of good ones. I think for me, it's always those like hero moments, right? Where it's not necessarily you've been at it a while, but you know, maybe it's you're bringing new people through and it's that, you know, second, third, fourth time and you're all but done. And then we actually had one 
last week, week before, somewhere in there, we were doing King's Fall, and we were at um, Golgoroth, right? Okay. And it was like, uh, I don't remember who was shooting or getting the gaze with me, but it was uh, essentially everybody on the floor doing DPS had died. And it was like, oh, I have the gaze. Everybody else is dead. It's like, oh, he's got a small enough health pool right now. So it was literally had that here moment of jumping down into the pool and then just shooting him to finish the encounter instead of having to do it all over again. And it's moments like that where it's like, that actually just happened. Like, we actually cleared that by some stroke of luck that we don't have to do it again. That was pretty epic. Yeah. Hero moments are awesome, man. That, that's kind of where I'm going to yeah. follow. Actually, my first raid experience was terrible. It was Vault of Glass, Destiny 1, the very first raid they came out with. I was part of an old guy gamer group, old guy dad's gaming group or something. And uh, I wasn't so old back then, but I, I guess I was, but internet old. And um, we were all supposed to meet up at 9 o'clock. Very first raid. I think we, we had forums back then. We didn't have discords. And we all got together and says, all right, who's in for tonight's raid? Everybody chimed in, including myself. And I remember it was at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. I showed up. I was actually doing patrols, actually, just getting warmed up on Venus, my favorite planet, by the way. And um, I said, man, it's getting really close to 9 o'clock. I haven't heard from anybody yet. And I went back to the forum and I said, where is everybody? Oh, we're already in the raid. We're already doing it. I was like, wait a minute now. I, I was part of the raid tonight. Nobody said anything to me. Oh, well, a couple guys showed up early and we just jumped in and went in and ran it. I'm like, what? I said, I was so pissed, man, because these are guys I've known for a while, you know, and that was just kind of a shitty thing to do. Um, So I was like, I'm over raiding. Screw this. I'm just going to run more patrols. I, I did so many patrols in Destiny 1. That's why I still love doing them. I just love being around the worlds and stuff. But my hero moment was a lot later doing King's Fall. We were at Oryx, the final. This was Destiny 1, by the way, Oryx. The final encounter. Everyone had been doing their DPS. Everyone did exactly what they needed to do. And then somebody, I think, they were all grouped together. And I don't know if an exploder shank or or, uh, some exploder came by and took out a bunch of people. The whole team was down except and including me. And I'm trying to remember what the wipe, it was something that wiped the whole team. But back then I had radiant, uh, radiance, I should say. And everyone's like, man, we just spent, this is the 10th time we've done it. I'm over this. I'm out of here. And I said, fellas, hold my beer. I hit radiance. I came back to life. All I needed was a sniper shot. It was that low. I got up, didn't care what was around me. I got that two sniper bullets in there. Game over. Hero moment. That's fun. And those, you just never forget those, you know, it's just. Yeah. Those hero moments of like, <sighs> you're on the boss of that encounter, whether it be the very last raid boss or whatever. And it's like, people are dying because they're, you're in that panic of, you know, it's in rage, you know, or it's in final stand and you're just trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. Like DSC is another one where, um, Tenex teleports around the arena. That's right. And you're, you're out of heavy, you're out of special. You got nothing left, and it's just, it's always, there's so much excitement. Like, everybody's panicking to get it. Like, we're so close, and everybody's losing hope, and then it just happens. Hmm. Yeah. All all I can tell you. So many good times, yeah. All I can tell you is if you have not raided in Destiny 2, 
you're missing out on so much of the game. There's a lot of people who join, they play, they do Strikes, Crucible, Gambit, which are, don't get me wrong, those can be fun too, especially with friends. And then never, ever raid. That's like learning how to drive and then just running down side streets and never getting on the highway, man. It's a, I mean, that's, well, I'm going with that analogy. It, it, what I'm saying is, is it's, it's total, fr- you, you, once you go into your first raid and you see how much work Bungie has put together in this wholly, totally separate world in the game that no one ever sees unless you're doing a raid, uh, you're really missing out. So, right. uh, any parting words, guys? Anything you want to throw out there before we head out tonight? Have fun. I, we, we, if you've not raided, we hope you hearing all this will get you more excited, um, not as worried about it. And there's some awesome experiences that you can have. Don't be scared to uh, reach out to people. You know, even if you're newer to the communities and whatnot, I know some of the discords have Sherpa tags and like uh, raid tags. Like, don't be afraid to use those tags to get those people's attention. Because I know for me, like, I'm busy, have a life. I, uh, Unless I get tagged in something, I'm probably not going to see it. So don't be afraid to reach out if these are things that you actually want to experience and want to get into. From the other point of view, thanks to my mod, Ronan Redline, he came up with an idea and he says, we're going to have a tag for people who come in that are looking for endgame, mainly raids or anything endgame. We call them endgame seekers. And Ronan will, if, he'll, will talk to the new members. And if they're looking to do a raid or they're looking to do some endgame content, he'll give them that tag. And then anytime we need someone... Uh, we need an extra person or we want to get someone through a virgin raid where they've never done before or a, a nightfall or something, then we can, we can tag them and at least they'll see it. So man, I tell you, I don't know how many people just lurk in the discord and never say anything. They never try to run a raid and I just wish they would say something. I wish they would just come out and in, in the destiny chat or where, wherever, whatever discord you're in and just say, Hey, I really want to run a raid. And we actually made that happen for Nico, AK Jersey. He had never done a raid. I think he did a partial raid, but he's never done a full raid. And a few weeks ago, uh, we put one together for him and he, and he got a full clear. And I'll be honest, he's a killer raider, man. He didn't even know it. He's done World of Warcraft raids, put a bunch of those together in the past. He was, uh, really big into that. And, um, he was doing the reading and last wish we did last wish. I said, my God, of all the raids to put together first for your first raid. I said, you really want to do last wish? I tried to talk him out of it. I said, you sure you don't want to do a Ron or a, or a, I don't know, a, a, you know, one of the other easier raids. And he goes, no, I really want to do last wish. And so we got it done. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, and now he wants to bring his wife through a last wish. And, um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So, you know, the interest is spreading just from one encounter, one experience that he had in a raid. So, hey, I want to thank you both for uh, being on the show tonight. Man, great information here. It's like you're a fly on the wall with three of us that do raiding, mostly them two. But for myself, I do. I've, I have a handful of raids, too, that I've done. And, um, man, what just a great way to get some information all in one quick podcast. And uh, thank you, guys. I just want to say thanks for, for joining me tonight and talking about this. Pleasure being on. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the invite.
Well, there it is. You now have all the information you need to jump in and try a raid or dungeon in Destiny 2. I know some of you out there have had some bad experiences trying to find a group to raid with, and now with a really well-designed tool that Bungie has put into the game, the Fire Team Finder, which, by the way, is right there at the top when you're on the Friends UI page in-game, it really has gotten much easier to find like-minded guardians to get things done like raids. And if that's not enough, I invite you to join the Owl Sector Alliance of Discords, which is my community, Guardian Downcast, as well as the Guardian Hub community with Kingsley and Kato. I'll have the invite links in the show notes down below if you'd like to check them out. I'd like to thank again Mr. Kingsley Mack and Cato Valermus for their time and expertise with me in this episode. If you need to reach out to me or have any comments or questions about the show, all the links are down below in the show notes as well, or you can just go to guardiandowncast.com. So get out there, Guardian, and find out why ratings should be a goal of yours for 2024. We have about five months until the final shape expansion arrives, so there's plenty of time to jump into another part of the game, and believe me, you'll thank me later. Take care, and be good to your fellow fire team members in the Destinyverse. And later, Guardian. sick we oh. did the drunk rate kind of in the holidays right yeah we we did yeah i was sick for a day after that uh, well, the, well, podcast was late. yeah christmas was busy and then we did that drunk raid and like i had just gotten over being sick for that raid so i still wasn't feeling the greatest which is why i dipped out soon like early yeah i didn't feel too bad after the drink raid but uh i should have slowed down <laughs> mistake i made was drinking with spear this is the first holidays where total <laughs> empty nesters. My son moved out in beginning of December. Really? Yeah. And, oh, uh, I mean, we always kind of like didn't overdo Christmas anyways, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of nice just taking it super chill. Our anniversary is like on the 29th. So we would always celebrate kind of for like close to New Year's. And often we like to go to this nice like luxury hotel that's in town, like in Salt Lake, you know, and mm-hmm. they have like a really nice spa and things like that. Right. But we went again this year and we're like, you know what? We don't want to go this time of year anymore because there was like tons of like families and kids like running around and stuff, even at a nice hotel. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like kids going rah, rah, like running well, around. Oh, rich like, people, they, they don't know. give a, they don't give enough. They let their kids run wherever they want. Seriously. I was at that Hilton. Uh, there were kids running through the hallway. I mean, streaming wet, wet, follow these wet tile floors. It was like, uh, and this is like nice five star hotel. Yeah. But you know what? Those five stars, that's usually where they bring them because they know the people will put up with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. There's a time for that, but like, I think we were just like, yeah, next time maybe we'll go like in March or something when they're in school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.